it's so key to focus on this outcome piece rather than on the how. Stop recreating the wheel. Oftentimes, we stop recognizing that in the end, we're still making a decision. And the point of an SOP is to make the decisions ahead of time and just replicate it. You're listening to the Visionary CEO Podcast, a series for entrepreneurs who want to escape the day-to-day grind while scaling their business to seven figures and beyond. And now, your hosts, Brianne Dick and Jill Giovanazzo. Welcome back, Brianne, to another episode of Not Myths Busters. Right? Maybe we could call it Not Myth, but no, we, we wouldn't be able to get away with that. So let's just stick with the Visionary CEO oh, podcast. Shucks. I'm Brianne Dick. She's Jill Giovanazzo. And I don't know if I love this myth that we're talking about today, or if I hate this myth because of how prevalent it is. (laughs) But before we get into the myth itself, I kind of have a confession that I need to make. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah, I know Jill always gets nervous. I mean, it's not that you don't know all of my foibles and let's call them unique points of view, Jill, but for those listening, it may shock you to hear that I am not a terribly organized person. Actually, it shocks a lot of people. I've, I've actually had this conversation with some of our clients before, and, and they have been sh- quite shocked because you come across as being very organized in business. I don't know if whenever I'm doing videos or I'm doing recordings, there's always a particular angle of my office that we see because if we were to turn the camera the other direction, I mean, my office is clean now. I, I cleaned it last weekend, but normally there's a few too many piles of paper. Anyway, let's move on to the actual topic of today's episode. (laughs) And we're talking today about the myth that you need to have systems and SOPs if you're a creative mess and want to grow your business. And, And I love this quote. I saw it on Facebook and I thought it was such a perfect description. I resonated with it at least. And it was, quote, systems. Let's just say my systems are a mess because I'm a creative mess. I need to get clear on what SOPs I need, when I need them, and how to implement them. Yeah, (laughs) sounds familiar from a lot of what clients have said. And honestly, like for all of us, I think we all have our own little messes. It's just that in business, they generally tend to feel like they're a lot bigger than anything else. And it it reminds me actually quite a bit of a episode that we did last season in season two, where we were talking with Keela about her business and about the the growth that she had been going through. Hi, everyone. I'm Keela Hill Trawick. I run a CPA firm called Little Fish Accounting out of DC, but we service clients across the country. And we focus on very small service oriented and online businesses, taking care of bookkeeping, taxes, and overall accounting and finance guidance. And I was like, okay, I hire people and I'm making SOPs and this does not feel easier. So where is this gap? And from my journey, I think what I found was there's just a lot of layers that you take for granted when you're operating from a place of like exhaustion. When you're doing everything yourself, you get to a point where you're like, I just need a person. And how do I get them in and get them moving fast? Because I just can't do all these things. Yeah. Raise your hand. Not that I can see it, but if you're listening to this, raise your hand if you've ever felt exhausted <laughs> and like you're a creative mess. And like the only solution to this is to hire someone and then write an SOP for them or write an SOP 
so that you can hire someone. I'm just going to call it out. That's the common myth that gets told is that you right. have to have SOPs in order to get all of the things done properly and to make sure things don't fall through the cracks. It's one thing to have SOPs because you want to hire someone, but really what I hear so often is either I'm a visionary or I have just got too much going on or things are a mess. I need to get clear on what the details are. At the root of it, there's this belief that if I don't have this written down somewhere, if I don't have this process step-by-step for someone to write down and or for someone to follow, that either things won't get done the way I want them to, which we normally define as having it done properly, or they might be done properly, but then things are going to fall through the cracks. And so I think there's a lot there's a lot legitimate in terms of those fears that you bring more people on, you grow your team and things won't get done the way that you would do them or things will fall through the cracks because maybe now you've got two or three people doing something that you previously had been doing all on your own. But the critical thing for us to really dig into is our SOPs the right solution to what is a very real problem. And so often I see people creating SOPs Mm -hmm. and things still fall through the cracks. Yeah. Or things aren't done properly or whatever. Right. And, you know, there's a difference between an SOP, which gives someone a result to focus on, as opposed to a checklist and how to that details out all of the little itty bitty steps to follow. It's like things start getting out of control or feeling out of control. And our instinct is to try and put more control onto them. So put more detail in the SOP or get more specific in the how to. And what I've seen is that just creates bigger problems. You know, when you're doing that and you're getting into that kind of articulation, let's call it, Right, that granular level, right? We're, we're essentially diving back into, and we talked about this in season one when we were talking about the team structure, you essentially get back into delegating tasks rather than mm-hmm. asking people to take ownership of a responsibility. Yeah. Because when we're talking about that kind of level, we're talking about telling them how to do the work rather than giving them the result, the what, mm-hmm. that we want them to accomplish. And I think that's ultimately why we do see people having checklists, having to-dos, having tasks. You can call them SOPs if you want. But at the end of the day, things still fall through the cracks because it's almost like the more details you put in, the more cracks there are. Or the more steps you put in a process, like you have to do A, then you have to do B, then you have to do C, then you do D. Between A and B, there's a crack. Between B and C, there's a crack. Between C and D, there's a crack. And you're just, by putting in all this more detail, you're actually putting in more places for things to potentially go wrong. Because what happens if A doesn't lead to B and the person that you've hired doesn't know, they're not equipped to handle that situation because they were expecting it to all just to go A, B, C, D without issue. I actually had a very similar conversation with another of our clients uh, recently for this exact reason is they have all of their processes, how they handle their marketing, how they handle podcast creation and social media creation. All of it's documented. All of it has SOPs and even down to the level of how to's. They have them both. But 
what they're missing and where things are falling down is in that transition between them. I kind of come back to my my um, computer science and mathematics background, and I think of it as a trigger. Or if you've been in done some of the marketing funnels or been in some of the marketing automation software out there, the goal or the trigger that starts off a process right. or ends the, a process. The if this, then that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so. Often when we create these SOPs, we hit the end of the SOP, we hit the end of the result, but we don't talk about in the SOP what it leads to next or what it mm-hmm. could be triggered by or what's in the beginning of the SOP, what it starts off from. And so you don't have, essentially, I'm going to use one of my favorite pieces, you don't have a flow chart of how everything <laughs> comes together. See, and you're talking like logic and math and programming and and flow charts and I was going to go with a sports analogy and I was going to say that you've got handoffs like in football where you're going to hand the ball off to someone and the ball gets dropped it gets fumbled because the handoff wasn't clean so I'm the quarterback I have the ball I do my part but then I turn to give the ball to the running back and there's a disconnect between us. We're not both in the right place. We're not moving at the right speed. We're not moving at the same speed. I try and give them the ball, and all of a sudden, the ball's on the turf, the other team takes it, and it's down in our end zone for six points against, right? We're presuming that most of our listeners are understand football, and we're talking the American slash Canadian version, not the English. Yeah, or the international, not just English, anywhere other than Canada or the U.S., yes. American football or Canadian football. Anyway, the point still stands. You have all of these things that need to get done, and whether it's cracks like between the major units, like there's an SOP for onboarding a client, and then there's an SOP for setting up their folder system and then there's an SOP for making sure that they are getting the right emails or or whatever it happens to be there can be cracks between those but even within those what happens is that you get so granular with the details that the the entire thing becomes rigid and unmoving and unflexible and the world's doesn't always operate predictably. Not only that, but it's essentially when we start to get that granular, we start to get that detailed. We're also too, in a way, disempowering our team Mm -hmm. and causing them to feel like they have to get that level of detail from us in all cases in order to do the work. And this is something, again, going back to this idea of delegation, right? We're constantly telling people how to do their job they come to expect that they should be told how to do it. And so the taking initiative, the thinking of different ways to do things, the creative problem solving that we so desperately want from our team members, we actually condition that out of them because Mm -hmm. we're telling them the details of how to do this stuff. And it ends up that they're disempowered they're not able to bring their full genius to work and we keep getting pulled back in the weeds because whenever they have a question their default is to come to us for an answer instead of figuring out the solution for themselves yeah exactly and then what ends up happening is that we as entrepreneurs as the leaders in the business get frustrated with the end result because they're not doing those things or 
even if they were at the time, right at the start of the cycle and they things fall through the cracks, we get frustrated. They mm-hmm. try and adhere further. We get more frustrated and it creates this cycle mm-hmm. and satisfaction and enjoyment and just overall possibility yeah. in the business, in the role, in the opportunities that you're provided with go down. Yeah. I mean, how can you innovate if your job is to follow a checklist? Yeah. In, in fact, that's what a checklist specifically tells you not to do is don't innovate. And so often what happens, I hear people saying, you know, I want my team to be innovating. I want them to be taking charge. I want them to be bringing new ideas to the table. How do I do that? And then at the same time, like you turn around and you look at what they're actually doing in their business and everything they've set up in terms of SOPs and systems is designed to completely take room for all innovation out of the picture entirely. Now, I will grant that there is an aspect in here that we're talking around, and this is the aspect that is, as one of our clients calls it, the mental gunk around giving up control. Mm of these pieces to our team members. And that's a whole other piece of the ball. But I just wanna I just wanna address that or just bring it up here that I tell the story all the time about Brianne and myself and when we were first when I was first really working in the business and the whole concept of a plan mm-hmm. and how it didn't match up. The result that Brianne was expecting didn't match meet the result that I was giving. But when we're looking at this, right? If we're not able to as leaders to give up control over how the work is accomplished. Mm-hmm. and allow our people to meet the result that we've defined for however it works best for them, mm-hmm. then we also get stuck. Yeah. And I just wanted to bring that up and just flag that as something that is a challenge for a yeah. lot of people. Because we're not in the business of creating widgets. And I think that's the thing that's really important to realize is if we're creating widgets where every situation is the same, we need to have the production has certain tolerances, it needs to be exactly produced the right way, then yes, you need checklists. I want my surgeon and I want my air uh, airline pilot to be going through the checklists. To make sure that like they're doing their pre-flight checks or that they're closing me up after surgery properly, right? Like there's a role for those things. But when we're dealing as most coaches and consultants, and even if you got a course or something like that, we're dealing with human to human interaction. We're dealing with things that we can't constrain and we can't control all of the variables. And so when we try to systematize and SOPize every little thing, we're actually undermining the integrity of the entire process. And not to mention creating bottlenecks all over the place because Mm -hmm. everything has to be done according to the process. And if you either don't have a process or the situation doesn't fit the process, you have to wait until it gets resolved. Yeah, exactly. I think at this point we should let Keela jump back in here because this is ultimately (laughs) the realization that that she came to as well. Mm -hmm. I will say on behalf of all the entrepreneurs, it is not SOPs and processes. That's what I thought I was missing. If I could just get the processes, if I could write down the steps and make sure that somebody understood the steps, then we could measure everything 
later. Yeah, exactly. And if it's not SOPs and it's not processes, then what is it? That's the question. That's ultimately what it comes down to. And and we've been talking around this a little bit, but there's two main concepts that we talk a lot about that I think are relevant here. And the first is the idea of the core process. So if you don't know what the core process is, you can head back to season one, episode five talks about it. It's where your results and your delivery kind of combine into what happens. But the idea of the core process is that it's an overall view of all of the major activities that happen in the business. If you want, you can almost think of it as a table of contents of what could potentially be SOPs. You could have a whole bunch of SOPs, but what's more important actually is to have that table of contents of like, these are all the things that happen. So that at the very least, I know that I'm doing this piece and that the next thing that happens is that piece and that I need to make sure that those two things are connected. That's how we solve this things falling through the cracks problem is we have to have this core process that maps out how do all of these pieces connect to each other at the first place. We talk about it in season one with specific attention to our results structure and the delivery model. And I just want to articulate here that it's not just about product when we're talking about this, Mm -hmm. right? We can actually fold in marketing and sales goes in this kind of results and delivery model kind of variant itself Mm -hmm. because those also have results that we're trying to go for. Those also have an experience that we're trying to give our clients. And as such, they need to have that same table of contents of how does one thing follow another? Yeah. So I'm thinking what? Yeah. Of what happens. And I think that's the important thing. And in our business, we have a a page in our, our project management system, which essentially is here's what happens. Then here's what happens. Then here's what happens. Then here's what happens. Then here's what happens. Not at the level of checklist, but more at the level of a customer sees the application form and submits it. The team reviews the application and either accepts or rejects then the client either buys or they don't, then we set up for their onboarding, then they have an onboarding call, right? This is the higher level. It's not the detail of the SOP, it's the next level up from that in terms of the overall flow. I started at the application, but it could go all the way back to how marketing is created. This podcast Mm -hmm. is a step in our core process and it can go all the way on the other end through to how do we handle referrals? How do we handle alumni? And and even things like HR processes, how do we onboard new team members? All of those things are pieces of this core process that we want to know even what those pieces are, not so that we can create the SOPs for them, but so that we can give ownership of the pieces to the right person on the team. And that's the second concept, right? The core process is one, but ownership is the second piece of the puzzle here. Yeah, exactly. And this comes back to that, the what rather than the how, right? Giving your team the outcome, the result, not the checklist of how to accomplish them. Let them figure out how to accomplish it. That's why we hired them in the first place is because Mm -hmm. they have experience, because they have background in this. And depending on their background, two different people could approach the exact same outcome and result differently. And that's okay. Yeah. Over time, they will find 
good ways to do things and better ways to do things. As your business grows, I, I think I was reading Ready, Fire, Aim by uh, Masterson. And yes, that is the correct title. It's not Ready, Aim, Fire. It's Ready, Fire, Aim, I think, by yes, Masterson. Exactly. And he says that it's really only when you get to about 3 million that you should even start thinking about SOPs. And the reason for that is because there's too much that's changing. There's too much that's iterating and evolving and growing. And so that's why I'm such a strong advocate as is Jill of, yes, have your core process, have that documented, but you shouldn't be worried about the details of what happens in each of those. Instead, that should be for your team to figure out and let them standardize it because they're the people who are doing it and experts in it anyway. Yeah. And just to reiterate one other reason why it's so key to focus on this outcome piece rather than on the how. And it comes back to this idea of stop recreating the wheel. Oftentimes, especially when we start focusing on the how, right, we stop recognizing that in the end, we're still making a decision. And the point of an SOP is to make the decisions ahead of time and just replicate it. Those decisions will evolve as the business evolves, as our team grows, as they get better, as our clients become even better fits for us. All of these things will cause these SOPs, these processes to grow and evolve. That's ultimately, to me, what an SOP is. An SOP isn't something that's locked down in stone of this is how we do this. Instead, it's a no matter what the details are, this is what we want to accomplish. And the details will change and get better as we get better at doing it. I actually want to give you a really off the wall example that is a perfect example for an SOP in a business that most won't consider an SOP. Mm. A job description. Okay, tell me more. A job description is a listing of what's, it's a listing of outcome success measures that we are asking our people to take responsibility, to take ownership of. And it's gonna give, it'll be a listing of frequency. You can almost even think of it as the kind of almost that higher level table of contents. Yeah, what are the sorts of things you should be doing weekly? What are the sorts of things you should be doing monthly? Not go and check in Asana to see what all the tasks are, but make sure that projects are on track every week, right? Like that level, is what we're talking about here. Yeah, exactly, right? It's a really great example of what we're talking about, what an SOP really needs to be Mm -hmm. from that perspective of results and outcome focused and ownership. Well, I think that is such a good point and it leads into you know what, off of Kila's clip off the top where she was talking about, I just want someone who can come in and get to speed quickly what does it actually mean to be up to speed for most of it means i want someone that i don't have to be telling them what to do i don't have to be monitoring them and managing them and getting into the weeds with them and that was the experience that that keila shared with us last season in our conversation that as soon as she shifted away from sops and to more toward this idea of ownership things got off her plate way faster fast when i started this business there was nobody but me and i did all the parts and then i like added one person and they helped me but i mostly did all the parts and like gave them some of it and so this idea now that i can have someone that it's like hey this whole part of the business that's you and if you need me you'll let me know but i can focus on the other parts because i'm not constantly kind of chasing behind you like what did you do do you need me are you sure i told one of my team members the other day it feels like I mean, I don't have children, but it feels like when um, 
when your child like grows up and is like is doing their own laundry and stuff, I'm like, are you sure you don't need? I should teach you how to do this. And they're like, I got it. <laughs> I don't need you to touch it. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's like yeah. that's what we want. It's, I don't need you to teach me how to do this. I got it. That's the feeling that I'm looking for, and that's what makes me feel like I can trust my team. And I don't need these checklists because they're doing the thing and I don't need to check up on them. I don't need to be spending all my time in the project management tool or reading all the emails that went out to the clients to make sure they said the right thing. And and that for me is the sign that I'm doing this right, that I've got it and that I've hit the right balance between giving the what but not the how i mean that's that's kind of the the myth and and the solution to the myth but jill you coach our clients through this pretty much every day if you had to give someone a simple step in terms of how can they actually implement this what's something they could do today that would help them make this transition what would you suggest that they do it's a really great question and to be honest the smallest step is just to find something that you have delegated, not even transition, fully transition ownership of, but you've delegated it over, you've given over the task. And to take that and to sit down with that person that you've given that task to and ask them how they would prove it, ask them how they would do it differently, ask them what what do they need to be able to take over ownership? If I mm-hmm. give you this result, if I say really clearly, this is what I want this to actually end up as. Do you have everything that you need to do this? Yeah. And then they they can take that. Yeah, exactly. If they do, then they can take that and they can run with it and they can create the what documents that we've been talking about. Yeah. They can create whatever checklists they need. They can share that with other team members, but it's no longer about, oh, I need to create all of these SOPs and then I need to hire all these people and I need to get right. It's not about that. It's about having the conversation about how would you do this? How could you make it better? And then letting them own it. So that I think is a really good place to leave this conversation. The myth that you need SOPs, the myth that if you don't have them, you're just going to stay a creative mess. When the truth is, if you have that core process and then you give ownership to your team and let them define the how, you will free yourself up so much more and your life will get better so much faster. And it's just it's just a beautiful thing. And your team is just going to love it. Yeah. Because they have the empowerment now to go and do what you hired them to do in the first place. Yeah. All right. So that's what we've got for you today. We're going to sign off of this episode. Thank you for joining us. As always, we're coming to you from the traditional and unceded territory of the Coast Salish people. We'll be here next week again for another episode of the Visionary CEO Podcast. We can't wait to see you then. Thanks for listening to the Visionary CEO Podcast, hosted and produced by Brian Dick and Jill Giovanazzo. For more information about anything you've heard on the show, visit us on the web at visionaryceoacademy.com slash podcast. You can keep the conversation going on social media too. Just use the hashtag visionaryceopodcast. This has been a Podcast Taxi radio production for the Visionary CEO Academy. Hey there, it's Jill. We just wanted to take a moment to let you know that everything we've been talking about in today's episode is part of what we do with our clients in the Visionary CEO Academy. 
Our programs and masterminds are some of the most advanced business leadership opportunities out there and are designed specifically to help strategists, coaches, and other online business owners like yourself scale your business to seven figures and beyond quickly, sustainably, and profitably. But most importantly, by keeping your values and your vision front and center. So whenever you're ready, just head on over to visionaryceoacademy.com slash podcast for more information and to get started. Can't wait to see you there.